Hi, you're watching Young Female Entrepreneurs, the live stream show that happens every Thursday night here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on Thursday nights in the Ovaline TV studio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... Drumroll! Ovaline, where we empower your home office lifestyle through web hosting, cloud services, and domain names. Visit ovali.com to buy your domain today. And by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash ovali. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So tonight's episode is all about PR with a little bit of a sprinkling of crowdfunding with Joy Schoffler. She is a... a a Seattle Eastsider native who's recently moved back from the Austin area. So she is full, literally chock full of information for you tonight about public relations, about crowdfunding, about her experience in building her business. She has a very unique background that I think a lot of you will appreciate in her story and how she actually got to be where she are. She, where she is today. She owns Leverage PR. Um, it's a PR company, like I said, that was based out of the Austin area. She now has offices in Bellevue as well. So it'll be great to talk to her and we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's going on here at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. So I'm the director. My name is Jennifer Donna. I'm going to be your host for this evening. And I'm also an owner at Ovalay.com. So I'm a, a young business owner. I'm 27 years old so I'm not like super young anymore I, I have a kid and stuff but um I I so anyway I own overlay.com so when we talked about the sponsorship that was my company so if you need web hosting I would love for you to host with me um but apart from that uh youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com has a lot of online meetings that are coming up the first one is tomorrow night which is Friday uh August 10th at 8 p.m pacific 9 or that was totally wrong, 11 Eastern, I know my time zones, uh, and it's all about uh, headlines. So we're going to be talking about some of the latest headlines as far as what's being featured in Entrepreneur and Inc. Uh, in the New York Times, things that impact young entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs. So we're kind of looking at it from a few different angles. And the Friday night Twitter parties are always a lot of fun. Um, I know it sounds weird that we're young people and we're sitting inside and on our computers and our iPhones tweeting on Friday nights, but I feel like a lot of young entrepreneurs, like myself, we go out every night, you know, not every night, but a lot of you do go out every night, um, a few times a week to go network or to go meet with clients at night to do different things. And Friday nights, for me specifically, is just my night to kind of decompress and tweet with and connect with other young women. So Friday night ones are fun. We also do Tuesday mornings. So you can find out more about that at yfe.me slash tweet yfe. That's a brand new little um, short link and a little uh, abbreviated website of Young Female Entrepreneurs. Um, if you go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, you'll notice that our branding is changing. I've had a few of you tweet me, ask me about it. And this site is like, youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com 1.0. It's going to be changing to better serve the community at large. So it's just trying to freshen up our branding so that you get a little bit more about, um, understand a little bit more about what, who Young Female Entrepreneurs is serving and what it is that we are doing. So the, apart from the Twitter chats and the live stream that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, YFE is about connecting young women in real life as well because that's how YFE first started was with in real life meetings. And so the big one that's coming up, of course, is September 13th in Los Angeles. I am going to be there. So if you're 
in the Los Angeles area, you need to show up because I live in Seattle and I'm flying down specifically for Erin of Well in LA. I have her website up here on my computer if you can pop on over to that. And so, um, yeah, I absolutely adore Erin of Well in LA, and she's putting together the, she's just, all of her meetups for young female entrepreneurs are incredible. And so I'm going to be able to fly down and meet all of you amazing young female entrepreneurs at this meetup. It's September 13th, so make sure that you show up for that event. Um, and there will be more information, of course, over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, and I'll make sure that um, you guys get the the 411 and what's happening. But it's important, though, that you follow our mailing list. So um, sign up. I believe I took it off the website. Um, so I'll try and throw it up back on there when you're watching this video because that's where all of the information is really going to go out to first on where where it's going to be. Of course, Erin's going to send it out to previous attendees, but this, it's limited attendance, and she sold out for the last two. So anyway... Meetups are great. The The thing that we're doing here in the Seattle area is we've been attending other people's events and we'll start doing the uh, exclusive Young Female Entrepreneur events soon again in um, late September, early October. But August, in August, we have a um, all YPN, a Seattle Chamber of Commerce event. My producer just left. <laughs> So the, the Seattle Chamber of Commerce is hosting this in-person meetup for um, young people in the Seattle area, and YFE is going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited about it. Oh, I'll take that. Um, so we're going to put on some TV magic. We forgot to turn the TV on in the back. I apologize. <laughs> um, so make sure that you show up to that, and the date, if you can show the screenshot of it. It's the Seattle Chamber event. I'll make sure that I'm there. It's all young people in the area and a lot of different people that you probably haven't met yet, too, which is really, it's always nice. To, it's refreshing to meet new people. So, yeah, it's August 22nd. It's a Wednesday, so you can still show up for the live stream. <laughs> the next day, it's at 6 o'clock in the Seattle area. Um, so show up for that. Oh, you can see my son in the background. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and start talking about Joy Schaffler. She is our guest for this evening. I'm very excited to have her on because she is absolutely amazing. I talked to her over the phone a few times, um, maybe just once, twice. I don't know where my brain is today. But anyway, Joy Schaffler has spent her career launching high-performing startups, helping them raise capital and achieve growth through creative publicity strategies. Joy regularly writes for several outlets, including Entrepreneur.com, MO, and The Glass Heel. Due to her unique insights, she has also been featured in Inc. and several other industry blogs. Joy additionally teaches at a number of organizations, including Startup America, Exec... Sense, <laughs> and many other crowdfunding specific industry sites. An avid writer, Joy is currently writing How to Stand Out from the Crowd While Crowdfunding. She's the principal of Leverage PR. She works with leaders of the crowdfunding industry, investment firms, and high potential startups. Joy has helped early stage companies raise more than $20 million, make the Inc. 500 list, secure Fortune 500 accounts, and experience tremendous growth. So, this is a woman that we're all really excited to hear from, right? I mean, just that bio alone sounds fantastic. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Joy onto Young Female Entrepreneurs, a live stream that happens every Thursday night here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, the Ovalight TV studio. Welcome, Joy. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, we gave the whole lead up to your bio and some of the incredible things that you've accomplished, but maybe tell us a little bit more about logistically, what does Leverage PR do? So Leverage PR helps companies 
build their brands and grow their company through publicity. Um, you know, the, as you go to our website, the very first thing that you're going to see is publicity is a tool to grow your business. Um, I think a lot of um, a lot of companies don't realize the kind of the business effects that publicity can have, the overall effects on their companies. And so, what we do is we go out and we help um, you know early stage companies or uh, you know kind of leaders in the entrepreneurial community or business leaders get publicity to build their brand um, and and grow their overall companies. A lot of them are typically in the process of raising capital. They've usually raised their seed capital and are now moving on to their um, their Series A or Series B. And by getting a lot of positive press right before a capital raise, it makes your job of securing capital that much easier. We also um, just launched a new line of services for startups because we do work. So many startups were coming to us saying, look, you know, we we really need help with our publicity, but we just don't have the budget for full service PR. So what we did was we created a line of services that would allow them to have people, you know, have experts review their pitches, give them some ideas, tips, oh, that's strategize nice. with them. And, and then they could, you know, go out and use those ideas to, to be successful. Very nice. Now, the last time I spoke with you over the phone, I got to hear a little bit about your background. And I think everyone would appreciate hearing from it, um, hearing about it. You came from a military background, I guess you could say. I mean, you had a pretty crazy skyrocket up to leverage PR and what you're actually doing today. Could you tell us a little bit about how that happened? So um, I was in the reserves, and one of the great things about um, being able to serve in the reserves is you can, you can kind of grow your professional career and your military career simultaneously. And so... Um, I started off enlisted in the Army Reserve, was activated and mobilized for the war, um, served a year, did a um, deployment. I was I was CONUS, so I was um, in the U.S. still when I did that at Fort Lewis, but did a year deployment, then um, went into the ROTC program, uh, became an officer, and um, just, just loved it. Was a finance officer and then a public affairs officer for the te uh, Texas State Guard. Got to do some amazing stuff like work at the Pentagon and, um, you know, help help kind of grow young soldiers' careers and and train them. And it was just it was just fabulous. And simultaneously, I helped work. Um, I basically started off my career working in the tech startup industry. Um, the 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 first company I worked for out of college went on to raise five million in capital. I helped raise that capital and helped kind of develop some of their systems. Um, I also launched a real estate investment club in college. Yeah, that's crazy. I listed online and um, people started coming to me because I was the president of this real estate investment club. And they started basically um, saying, hey, we've got these properties. Do you know any investors? And I had investors saying, hey, we, you know, do you know of any good investments? And so... I started actually putting together deals in college, um, which, you know, just small little stuff, but still I was able to to kind of learn the process and had a lot of amazing mentors who um, kind of walked me through that. So after um, my husband was in that, the Navy, he was a nuclear, he did nuclear engineering in the Navy. And when he got out, um, we moved to, we moved to Texas where he was from and, um, I 
started working with one of my colleagues from the real estate industry and his company started out as four employees. We built it up to, to 75 and a quarter of a billion dollar portfolio within a year and a half time. Wow. Um, and almost, I, I did raise all the capital and was in charge of um, all of, a lot of the company building and systems. And one of the ways that I, I found we could attract the top talent, close investors 10 times faster, was if we were in the middle of a capital raise or um, we wanted to attract like the right top talent, we would go out, get some publicity talking about the market for the properties or, you know, have my, um, our CEO quoted in Globe Street or one of these other industry publications as an expert and then list um, dimensions of that market. So right there, any, per any potential objections in either an investor's mind or potential employees were kind of combated by leveraging the media to essentially validate companies. And so, hence leverage PR. Um. <laughs> well, and it seems like a very simple concept after you explain it to me, but I haven't heard a whole lot of people come at it from this angle as far as PR and um, crowdfunding or funding in general. Are, are you pretty much kind of owning the market right now? Are there other competitors out there? I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody owns any market. Um, I definitely wouldn't be so bold as to say that. I've, <laughs> I've been very lucky to, to um, surround myself with amazing, amazing clients in the industry. Um, Jason Best and Sherwood Meese, who uh, actually wrote the bill on crowdfunding. Um, right. They wrote the startup exemption framework that was used by, uh, you know, by, you know, members of Congress who wrote the Jobs Act. For that portion of it, their client, uh, Ruth Hedges of Crowdfunding um, Roadmap, who's doing a, a huge industry conference here in Vegas, is a, a client. So I'm working with a lot of kind of the, the leaders. I sit on the board of the Crowdfunding Professional Association, their PR committee. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm working in this space and just, you know, I think it's a, it's a new industry. Everybody's learning, but... Um, the principles are kind of the same, you know, the, the crowd, the public out there is who is going to be funding you. And it just, it really made sense to me in my mind when, um, when crowd, the crowdfunding initiative started, um, you know, basically when, when equity based crowdfunding, that bill was, um, was in Congress, it really made sense in my mind. Look, we need to put entrepreneurs back to work, you know, there's, any entrepreneur, you know, anytime you're around entrepreneurs, they need they need funds so they can create jobs, so they can they can go well, and okay. And so their I'm going to interrupt you yes. there because I I love the idea behind the Jobs Act. I followed it very closely when it was being passed. I followed the people that were writing it. I followed some of the press that was around it and the commentators that were yay and nay against it. Um, so as far as the Jobs Act goes, can you tell us a little bit about what exactly it entails and why entrepreneurs should be excited about it? Because you were saying we need to put entrepreneurs back to work. Um, how does the Jobs Act have Jobs Act help us do that. So what the you know everybody's heard of Kickstarter and um, you know where where people are going and basically doing product pre-sales or um, you know fund fund our startup and we'll give you a T-shirt or a CD or a video game once it's built. Um, yeah, we just had a Made Woman magazine who just finished their Indiegogo campaign and they fulfilled. They got the five thousand out of the five thousand they were they were seeking. Yay! <laughs> I know. It's very exciting for them. Congratulations, ladies. Yeah. 
So anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so we've all heard of these donation-based platforms. Well, what um, what the Jobs Act does is it essentially changes. So back in the 1930s, um, there were securities laws written because there was essentially snake oil salesmen who would go door to door selling people securities that didn't exist. You know, the con men who would take the money and run. And so what happened was there was general solicitation laws put on the books where you could only approach somebody with an investment if they are accredited um, and so or a sophisticated investor. And so what ended up happening is, you know, now it, those, those laws were written in 1933, before technology, before the Internet. Um, it really made, they're, they're not realistic anymore. Um, it basically, you know, it made the, the cost of raising capital very, very expensive. Because when you have to go out, say as a, a startup, all you need is 20000 or 100000 to basically get your idea launched. Well, anybody who's ever raised capital knows that you're looking at at least, you know, if you're lucky, fifteen to 20000 to to do a reg D offering. And so it's a very expensive process. If you're raising 100000 or you only need 50000 for example, you, you basically have to raise 75, you have to raise a lot, you know, a lot more in order to um, offset the costs. Exactly, yeah. in order to offset the cost. And so, really, what crowdfunding, equity-based crowdfunding, the true purpose of it is to streamline the process of raising capital and basically standardize documentation, utilize technologies. The, the crowdfunding platforms that are being built will essentially be. Um, almost like broker-dealer lights. So broker-dealers are kind of the, the ones in the financial community that um, that essentially, you know, they, they match investors with, um, with startups or with entrepreneurs. Right. You know, so, growing. I mean, looking at it now, so the way that the Jobs Act has it so that it goes from a, a place where someone had to be certified, they had to get, you know, they had to have a certain amount of money in order to invest into a company. Does this open it up to whereas if you, maybe you're a son or a daughter and your parents maybe want to invest in your company versus actually giving you a loan, would the Jobs Act allow them to be able to do that? You could always do friends and family investment before. I guess maybe I should say another example of, you know, someone outside of the family. Exactly. So, you know, if you wanted to, there was always kind of the friends and family provision that allowed a limited number of friends and family in there. But what it essentially does is it allows you to extend your reach. So, so now if, you know, your mom, for example, wanted to go and she, she could then post, you know, well, the the provisions are still being written exactly what it what it looks like. But say your uncle invested in your company, um, you know, and, and he tweeted about it. He could link that to almost like a Kickstarter campaign. You know, I just invested in type thing. Or you could have that up on a general site. And lots of people who don't fit that accredited investor criteria. So, you know, I mean, not everybody out there has a net worth of a million um, but, you know, maybe they'd love to allocate some of their portfolio to be able to invest in a smaller company. You know, they, they want to put $1,000 or $2,000 into somebody who they really believe in. Um, now people have that ability to do that. Whereas before, the real, what really prohibited it was um, if you're doing even a friend's, you know, even just raising your seed capital and it's friends and family, 
the amount of money that it takes to draw up extra docs in that whole process and having so many smaller investors can be very limiting um, to an entrepreneur. So you really wouldn't want, if you were, say, raising 100000 you really wouldn't want a bunch of small little people who are coming in with only 1000 because the, the cost to have those small little people would outweigh the benefits of having that, that 1000 or 2000 But now with a crowdfunding effort, everybody can ship in a little bit to make you successful. No, I think that's awesome. Now, okay, so taking it back a little bit to in, incorporate incorporate the PR piece. Now, if you're watching live, by the way, if you have questions for Joy, chat them in and I'll make sure that I relay them over to her because she's a wealth of information, especially when it comes to PR and uh, the whole crowdfunding aspect. I mean, come on, you've got a gold mine here, so make sure that you chat in the questions. Now, as far as the PR component goes, if... Um, so if we're opening it up to the masses and you said that getting the PR helps as far as saying, okay, this is a legitimate company. Uh, they are obviously experts if they're being featured in Entrepreneur Inc., that type of thing. Uh, who should, um, who's considered press, I guess, these days? So w when, we're, when we're talking specifically about crowdfunding and we're trying to impress people to, in, uh, to invest into our, our ideas, our companies, who should we be going after? Are they the big companies like Inc. or are they bloggers today or are they their, our local papers? Does it depend? What does, what does that look like? So it depends, on, it depends on where you are at your business, you know, within your business growth space. Um, kind of the number one tip that, that we give our clients, our training clients, we have a training service as well for, for people to go through, um, is if you are a smaller company, there's two things you can do. One, set a Google alert for your particular keywords in your industry. Follow those reporters and offer to be an expert source. When you know, they do a story on, say, um, ho web hosting, there we go. So you get a Google alert for web hosting, and when there were stories done, and you know you're gonna get it, it takes time. We have like multiple members of our staff who just do this and only this for our clients on a daily basis. Um, but what we do is we we set the Google alert. So for web host for you, for example, for your web hosting company, you would go through, just kind of skim those publications, have a set template that you're developing, um, where you would just. You know, say, hey, loved your article in, in TechCrunch today about, you know, um, three issues every, you know, everybody needs to be aware of when picking a, a web hosting company. And I just wanted to know if you thought of X, Y, and Z. And if you ever need a source on this, I'd love to help. Insert your mini bio there. Send it off. And chances of getting press um, are a lot higher if you're pitching exactly on topic. So it doesn't really matter how big or small you are. If you've got great, um, if you have you know great advice or insights or data or a unique perspective, and you're pitching the right person on the right topic, if you know for example not much is happening there or there's so much going on in your industry that it's hard to to get people to respond to you in that way, build up your. Um, Build up the, the number of blogs you contribute to, other people's blogs, not just your own. While you want to develop content on your own blog, you also want to go to any blog that your potential customer base would be going to, offer to contribute. Um, you know, any, really any publications that, that you can get into. Industry publications are great because they're always looking for content 
and they're smaller. And what that's going to do is that's going to start building your overall online profile. So when a reporter at a bigger organization goes to search you to see if you're a worthy um, source or not, all these people are going to come up. And while many of them may be smaller, lower level blogs, she can see the quality of your content and your insights. Um, as, and that's a great tip for anybody who's crowdfunding as well. When you're crowdfunding, the due diligence process for people who don't know you is pretty much 100% online these days. They're, the first, you know, the biggest research tool they're going to have is Google. And I say Google because statistically that's what most people use. Now you're in, uh, in Bing country, so you got to be careful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, whether they go, when they search you, um, just, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to look for the quantity and the quality of results. If, you know, they're seeing that you're on 50 different industry blogs or, you know, you're, you know, you've been interviewed on the radio or any number of these different publications, what that's going to do, one, if you ever have anything negative or questionable, like a, a negative customer comment, that's going to push that way down, you know, so that's, that's not going to be as much of an issue anymore, typically, for one thing. Uh, for two, it's also going to kind of build your overall online presence and profile, which is kind of the key to getting funded via crowdfunding. No, that's an interesting piece. Now, there's someone that's on the on the chat room. Okay, I'm going to try and say your name. <laughs> GYC girl, you crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen many different projects with Kickstart campaigns, but when dealing with crowdfunding, what are the requirements? Is it more formal, such as a business plan? What what should people prepare when they are looking to start crowdfunding? And then that goes into my next question as far as your polished um, profile. So maybe touch on... No, hold up on that. We'll go to that next. But maybe what, talk to us a little bit about what that means to actually go into crowdfunding. Um, like to, to start a crowdfunding campaign yes. on an equity-based one? So there's there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I would advise everybody, anybody who's thinking about it, to go to Crowdfunding Roadmap because it's actually a step-by-step -step process that walks you through every step on what you need to do, tells you you know, it, it, it's different depending upon um, the levels of capital that you're planning on raising. If you're raising under 100000 there's different requirements than if you're raising, you know, you, you're wanting to raise the full million. So um, it's different based upon, you know, to me, like how much you're raising, first of all. So I would advise you, and, you know, you can put up a link if you want to, but um, there's, you know, there's there's legal stuff you've got to be aware of. There can be audited financial statements. There's, you know, picking the platform you want to list on, having a great bio in place. Right now, the, the biggest thing that people need to be doing is building their social networks. You need to be incorporated. Um, if you're not already, there's a lot of little steps, little boxes you have to check, and you need to get started now in order to really be prepared. Can you say the resource once more? It's Crowdfunding Roadmap? Crowdfunding Roadmap. Okay, I'll make sure that I put a link up to that on Young Female Entrepreneurs. No, that's fantastic. Now, as far as you were saying to make sure that you get on social media, because 100% of the due diligence that these these investors are going to be doing is online now. So as far as you've said in multiple publications to publish your, um, I think the quote is to publish your look. What what exactly does that mean? I mean, because I can't expect that young entrepreneurs 
today would have, you know, the the shot glasses and the naked pictures up on Facebook. So is, does that go further than just making sure that the bad pictures are taken off? Oh, very, very much. Um, you know, first of all, polishing your, your online profile is very important. And what, what that essentially means is going through, you don't have to have a lot of money to have a great brand. Um, crowdsourcing dot, uh, there's Crowdspring or there's a number of these, um, you know, design there, there's a bunch of like little uh, design source or um, that's probably, I know Crowdspring is one of them, but you can actually crowdsource your logo. So for 250 bucks, you can, you can have like a hundred logo choices that you're choosing from. Um, so there's no excuse for bad branding. And no matter, you know, you can go on different templated websites and have a great little website for 70 bucks that you can set up high graphics. You know, it's very inexpensive to, and doesn't take a whole lot of time or energy with the technology out there to have a great brand. And that, I mean, that polished look is first and foremost. Um, even getting, it doesn't have to be the final site. Don't spend all the time and energy, but make sure it's a, a very nice looking high graphic or, you know, it has some general information about about your company, about yourself, a polished bio, just a polished look and polished brand is number one. Um, and then on the social media profiles, you know, making sure they're branded, making sure everything has a nice logo. You're even if you're using some of the templated backgrounds from Twitter, making sure that your your company colors or logo colors are in there. It's just that consistency in branding that makes people that that is credible. Um, and more than anything, you want to make sure you're credible. And now, you know, I'm not really meant talking about shot glasses or you know, <laughs> words or anything like that. I'm more so talking about like, so as startups, you know, you, there's high staff turnover. There's, there's issues that you're dealing with. There's funding problems. There's, you know, and it's so easy, especially in the age of social media, to get on there and post something that maybe doesn't represent you in the best way. You know, if if you're saying, my God, I just need funding, you know, I want this, you know, there's all kinds <laughs> of little things that maybe maybe you say on an off day that that somebody could look at and be like, wow, I don't want to invest with them. So just making sure any tweets that you have, anything that's not polished and perfect is kind of taken off there. And it's not about being fake or not being able to really express who you are but more so just putting the message out there that you want people to hear. All right, so that's all fantastic, and I think it all is going back to being credible, like you were saying, making it known that you are worth investing in and the promise that you're giving is something that you're going to be able to fulfill. So on that note, you've said in a few articles to, um, to consider misstatements and omissions as a, a crowdfunding no-no. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about what misstatements and omissions really means when we're trying to enter into the crowdfunding sphere? Yeah, so if you're exaggerating your abilities or capabilities or um, talking about team members in a way that's not 100% accurate or your experience, there's there's a fine line in um, – creative writing and putting your best foot forward. 
We froze a little. We'll wait for her to come back on. Um, in the meantime, if you're watching the live stream live, make sure that you chat in your questions and I'll make sure that Joy gets them over. Oh. Here we go. Hi, Joy. Hi. So this is a live show, if any of you were <laughs> wondering. There we go. So um, you were talking about the misstatements and omissions. Yes. Um, so really just, just making sure that as you're, you're talking about your experience and as you're talking about what you've done or, um, you know, what you're going to be doing, that you're really being honest. Um, you know, of course people expect you to, to, uh, they know that it hasn't happened yet, but just make sure that, that you're credible if. A lot of people will do these these kind of hockey stick projections. And what I found when I was working with investors in the company is they're a lot more likely to invest if you're talking about the risks of the investment right up front and then addressing them and have a solution to them because everything has risks. And if you're telling people that there's no risks or you're, you're omitting them, then that is, you're not going to be a credible investment because everything has, everything has risk. No, I think that all makes sense. Now, as far as, um, okay, let's talk about your company because we're just winding down the live stream here. So again, if you have questions, make sure that you chat them in. Now, as far as your company goes, there's a lot of women out there that are in the public relations sphere. What have you done, I guess, that has really differentiated yourself as far as the uh, the crowdfunding piece goes? How did you decide, hey, I'm going to make sure that I can service this group of people? What was the thought process behind that? My main thought process, and I, I guess how we're a little bit different is um, most of my team, you know, we we didn't go after it. When I was building my team, I didn't go after the big firms, the Edelmans or, you know, um, attracting talent from those those big firms. I attracted the former director of, of um, PR for the Chamber of Commerce in Austin, which is actually a big deal because they've got like $15 million a year budget. Yeah, it's um, huge. You know, there's, um, I really wanted a company that was devoted to growing businesses. Uh, you know, like PR is, is a business growth tool, period. That's, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't really think people are so ego egotistical that their goal is to just be famous. I think their goal is to use it as a business growth tool. And I think how we're different is that we've actually built businesses and um, we've been there, you know, as the first employee, we know the struggles of young companies. A lot of the companies we work with, typically they've, you know, they've had successes under their belt and now they're, they're launching new companies and most of them do have funding just because PR isn't, you know, the cheapest thing in the world. Um, it's basically hiring another team member to, to execute your, um, you know, the visibility for your company to get your name out there. And so when I was building my company, um, I really grew my team with people who knew how to, to build companies and saw this as a tool. So I guess that's how we're different. And most other firms, don't offer any services whatsoever to help smaller companies. And we do offer strategy and services like that because we really, I, I, I'm almost dorky about entrepreneurship because 
Um, <laughs> I really, I really do believe it's the American dream. I, I put myself through college. I, I worked through high school. I, I, I've been there. You know, I've the first the company that made the ink list. I started off working in his son's bedroom. They had an office in there. It was his nursery, and I'd, I'd have to go eat lunch at nap time. You know, oh, I and, love that. Oh, that's so funny. And and now they're a billion dollar company. You know, I mean it. Or excuse me, quarter of a billion dollar company. It's it's just that that it's so fun. You know, it's so fun to to make something out of nothing. And I just didn't ever want to turn away from that. There's so many people who are working with those big conglomerations and corporations, and it, that's not fun. I like entrepreneurs. I agree. I like them too. <laughs> now, as far as uh, you mentioned your team for a second there, now they are still in Austin, right? You, you're starting a new office in Bellevue. What, what does that look like? What does the typical day of, of joy look like? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, the typical day usually starts at 7 a.m. working for an hour and then taking uh, taking my kids to preschool and um then coming back, coming into the office, and you know maybe I'll get a run in there beforehand, then uh, then go into the office and um, working till till five or five thirty six, and then maybe Zumba two nights a week, you know. Then uh, after kids are bed, back to work. So <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty typical. <laughs> uh, coming from one other mom sounds it sounds good um now as far as uh leverage pr goes mm -hmm. i want to make sure that people get you as a resource if they're interested in crowdfunding and looking at public relations where can we find you online so we are at leverage dash pr.com perfect and then you are you have a couple um handles on twitter right what's your personal one joy shockler and I'll have all of these links over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com too, so don't worry about it. And now, um, you're, you're, does Leverage PR have a Twitter as well? It does. It of is course. Leverage underscore PR. All right, perfect. Well, Joy, thank you so much for being on Young Female Entrepreneurs. I really appreciate it. She's a fantastic resource to have, a great member of the uh, Seattle Young Entrepreneur community. I'm so thankful that you're back in the area. That's awesome. I'm excited to meet you, hopefully, at an event soon in person. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, make sure that you check out um, everyone that's watching Young Female Entrepreneurs or Ovalight.tv um, in the next couple of days so you can grab all of those links. Uh, Joy, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. And I just like to say that there is an amazing, if you guys oh, are crowdfunding, yeah. yes. is an amazing boot camp that's going on in Las Vegas, which I'll be speaking at um, October 9th and 10th. And there's going to be leader, every single leader, including the gentleman who got the bill passed at that conference, where you will literally walk away with a plan in hand of exactly how to execute your crowdfunding campaign. So... It's a great, great um, event, and we would like to give away uh, one free ticket to a listener. So I'll get the details to you for that um, for for the coming you know weeks that you can use as well. Oh yeah, that's awesome. No, I Joy sent me some information on the event, so I'm so that's awesome. Well, thank you, Joy. I hope everyone checks her website out and make sure that you follow her on Twitter because she gives out a, a lot of great advice. Thanks. So, it was so nice to, to be here.
So you've been watching Young Female Entrepreneurs, the live stream that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern over at Ovalight.tv, and it focuses on the young female entrepreneur, the young woman that is in her 20s and 30s and starting a business, growing a business. And make sure that you check out Ovalight.tv or Young Female Entrepreneurs to get all of the links that we've been talking to Joy about this evening. Check back next Thursday. We've got Tori Molnar of My Utoria. She is a 15-year-old entrepreneur that's starting to grow her network in incredible ways. Um, until then... Make sure that you subscribe to our list and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Have a fantastic week and show up to the YFE chat tomorrow night for sure.